0: All right, welcome back to another edition of the 615 Sessions podcast. A lot of breaking news today as far as the Tennessee Titans are concerned, or at least one pretty big news item with this situation. Ray Horton, the former defensive coordinator, joined the class action suit with Brian Flores, alleging racial discrimination in the NFL's hiring practices and has implicated Tennessee Titans owner, Amy Adams struck. So we'll talk about that with Teresa Walker and Kayla Anderson today on the pod. First, though, I've got to tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford. You can get any new Ford, any color, with any customizable accessories, build that vehicle for you. In fact, Two Rivers Ford will build that vehicle for you and deliver it right to your door. It's called the Built For You program at Two Rivers Ford. And it is one of the many reasons why that is the best car dealership in the state of Tennessee. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet is where you go. Or find out more information and check out their new or pre-owned inventory online at tworiversford.com. Let's get to Kayla and Teresa. Welcome back to the 615 Sessions podcast. we got Teresa Walker, Associated Press in the house. Kayla Anderson of WKRN News 2 is here with us as well. Hello, friends.
1: Hello. Hi, Bach, Hi, Kayla. I'm so glad you've got me and Kayla joining you because hello. Let's go. Fresh off vacation, these two. Hello.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, listen, I've (laughs) I've tried to have my people get in touch with your people, Teresa, in the last couple of weeks, and apparently you've got things you've got going on. You're drinking in the mountains somewhere.
1: No, 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 no. I was in marathon. I was drinking by the beach, (laughs) Mm -hmm. by the pool, by the kayak. Uh, by the wonderfully, wonderfully warm waters of the, uh, of the, of the Gulf.
2: Yeah. See, we just wanted sunshine, Buck, what you're soaking up now.
0: I'd, it's all I've got. This is I, I would do it inside if the, the cats weren't getting ready to riot. It's about time for, it's like prison yard time out here. So they had to come out. So I figured we'd do the podcast outside today. Anyway, we've got news that we have to talk about. There's a lawsuit. I mean, there's been a lawsuit. There's a class action lawsuit that Brian Flores Uh, has filed against the NFL and three of its member institutions. A couple of additions to that today. Steve Wilkes, former Arizona Cardinals head coach and Panthers defensive coordinator, and Ray Horton, who, of course, Titans fans remember under Ken Wisenhunt and a year of Mike Malarkey as the defensive coordinator here. Uh, Teresa and Kayla, the, the situation, the Titans have put out a statement regarding the allegations from Ray Horton that he uh, was interviewed for the head coaching position that Mike Malarkey ultimately got. He is uh, contending that this was a Brian Flores like situation in which they interviewed him. It was a sham, and Mike Malarkey was always the guy that was going to get the job. So I think that should be the starting point, Teresa. And I know you've just finished your write up uh, for the AP. That that was my first season here. Malarkey's uh, Wizen Hunt's firing and Malarkey mm-hmm. taking over as the interim, what what do we know? What was the tenor of the conversation around that job back then, um, given that I'm a little lacking in, in personal experience from that?
1: Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the whole idea at that time was, well, you got to see what Mike Malarkey did in nine games. He had a resume with that team and, and to, to, to put together. And it, it did seem like, you know, I mean, it did seem like that was maybe Mike Malarkey's job to get, at that point. And, you know, and the thing that I didn't notice, uh, apparently he talked with a, a Steelers podcast in 2020 and said that, yeah, they told me that they had this, you know, that he was told he, he had the job. And yet we all know, I mean, that's part of the issues with the Rooney rule, right? Is that, you know, it's been seen so much as checking a box off and Ray Horton helped check that box off guys. Here's the, here's the things to know about that. Um, Mike Malarkey did his interview. They interviewed, I think Doug Marone that year as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Terrell Austin, who's also, he was mentioned in the first take of this Brian Flores lawsuit. Uh, and then Ray Horton. So John Robinson was hired on Thursday, January 14th, uh, interviewed Ray Horton was the last person they interviewed for the head coaching job. That interview happened on Saturday morning, uh, January 16th. So two days later they wrapped it up by midday. And a few hours later, the Titans announced that they've hired Mike Malarkey. So, Mm. you know, it was a very fast situation. And, you know, and and then the ironic thing is you look at the hiring of Mike Vrabel, you know, when they did hire Mike Malarkey, that was a five-day process where they interviewed three people, Matt LaFleur, Now the Green Bay Packers coach, which looks in hindsight to be a great hire by the Packers and a good guy to have interviewed. Steve Wilkes, who was the other coach who joined the Brian Flores lawsuit today, uh, he interviewed. He was then the Carolina defensive coordinator. And then Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel was the first person they interviewed. And five days after, you know, that... Shoot, I, I was pulling double duty that day as well. I just, I was walking literally in Centennial Park after a Vanderbilt basketball game before going to the Predators when, you know, the, it, the boom statement, we're hiring Mike Vrabel. And it's like, so, I you know, I had a three-story day that day, but, you know, again, Mike Vrabel kind of seemed to be the guy yeah. they wanted from then. Why? Well, read the read the tea leaves. John Robinson, they had time together with the Patriots. And you know, they, you know, how many times do we look at guys? How many, you know, who's got the Patriot background? Well, these were like two lines going straight together. <laughs>
2: When you look back at two two thousand sixteen, the season that Malarkey was hired, and Buck, I'm with you. I actually joined the crew here at News Two in Nashville at the start of Malarkey season, so I I wasn't necessarily in for the hiring process, so I didn't hear all the things that Teresa just listed off. But I certainly heard from Corey Curtis, my my uh, teammate here at News Two, that Last I think it was
0: guest. <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Everybody pretty much knew that Mike Malarkey was their guy, and We also have to go back to the fact that Amy Adams-Strunk was still very new at that position. Um, There's a lot of things that were probably not comfortable for her. And Teresa mentioned it, everything seemed to happen so quickly. And and I'm not defending the Titans in any way whatsoever, but I do find it interesting now, the way that Malarkey went out with John Robinson, we all know that that was not a good situation. There is nothing to sugarcoat about that. And now this podcast from 2020 is uh, showing up all over social media and it comes at the exact time that this lawsuit comes and everything seems to go you know, against the Titans at this point. But again, and you have to look at it from both sides. And, and right now we just have to wait and see. But uh, it just seems like such a, a hurried process. But again, the Rooney rule uh, back then, while it was a rule, I just don't think that the focus was as much on doing everything the exact correct way.
0: Oh, and in fact, this seems like an appropriate opportunity for all three of us to lay out and for producer Reed to play the audio of the Mike Malarkey podcast, 2020 podcast, Steelers Realm podcast interview that apparently, you know, was on none of our radars until this thing just manifested in the, uh, in the form of a lawsuit in 2022.
3: Well, Mike, if you could turn back the clock, where would, uh, yeah, I probably hate these questions, but. Would there be anything during your coaching career that you might have done differently or changed? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'll, I'll tell you guys this. Uh, I've always prided myself in doing the right thing um, in this business, and I can't say that's true about everybody in this business. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very cutthroat business, and a lot of guys will tell you that. But I, I allowed myself uh, at one point when I was in Tennessee uh, to get caught up in something I, I regret, and I still regret it. But uh, the ownership there, uh, Amy Adams Strunk and her family came in and, and told me I was going to be the head coach in 2016 uh, before they went through the, the Rooney Rule. And so I sat there knowing I was the head coach in 16 as they went through this fake hiring process, knowing, uh, knowing a lot of the coaches that they were interviewing, knowing how much they prepared to go through those interviews knowing that, that everything they could do and they had no chance of getting that job. And actually the GM, John Robinson, he was in on the interview with me. He's, he had no idea why he's interviewing me, that I have the job already. And I feel I, you know, I regret that's because I pride myself in my, my kids first that they do the right thing. And I always said that to the players and here I am the head guy, not doing it. And I've regretted that since then. It was a wrong thing to do. I, I'm sorry I did that. Um, but it was not the way to go about it. Should have interviewed like everybody else and got hired because of the interview, not, not early on. So that's, that's probably my biggest regret. Wow. That's a touching story and appreciate you sharing that with us. It's yeah. so it's not, it's not hard. To, it's not hard to do the right thing. It's really not. That's you can true. get, you can get caught up in this business.
0: So that was Mike Malarkey speaking with the Steelers realm podcast on any regrets about his coaching career. And you hear him go into extensive detail about, this whole situation about the regret that he has that he was a willing participant in circumventing the Rooney rule. In fact, I, uh, Teresa's cat has just appeared on the podcast. My (laughs) cat is trying to stick his head under the fence. Uh, He's trying to test me to see if he can make a run for it while I'm out here. And I think I may have to get up and go snatch him real quick. This is terrible podcast audio. Anyway, Teresa, what do you make of the, what do you make of the idea that Amy Adams Strunk was not quite in that role yet. And that Steve Underwood was kind of running the team at the time.
1: Well, remember this was happening in January, 2016. She took over in late March, 2015. I was up at sweet 16 in Louisville when I got the release that Tommy Smith was retiring and that she was taking over in the role as controlling owner. And, and that's the thing she, you know, he, she said herself when she talked to uh, us a few months later that maybe a year or so later when she finally got comfortable that you know she took some steps and took her time to get comfortable in the role see what was going on with the team and you you know her first big step was firing Ken Wisenhunt after just an abominable start to a career I mean one of the worst ten years as a head coach in the NFL. He was what, three and 23, three and 20. I mean, it, it, literally there's only a couple people in the NFL who've ever been worse than that. So she took that step and, you know, you can understand that she found somebody that she became comfortable with and Mike Malarkey. And uh, she decided that she wanted to try to keep him. And, you know, that's the thing. It's like it, 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 it that's the tough part of this, you know, trying to push diversity, give opportunities to people who absolutely deserve it. Uh, And, and, you know, this is why the Rooney Rule has existed, trying to expose you to candidates that maybe you hadn't been thinking about to to, to do that. And I mean, there's a reason why the NFL has got this uh, diversity council now uh, that they're going to be trying to work on. But, you know, in in two hiring situations that Amy Adams-Strunk has had, she had a candidate she liked, it seems, in both situations.
3: Well, and yeah, Kayla,
1: it, I mean, to yeah. that
0: point, I—I I don't mean to interrupt you there, no, but like, no. it seems it seems that we're that we have this conversation almost cyclically. Obviously, there's been adaptations to the Rooney Rule just coming out of the owners' meetings a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. in Palm Beach, where they're you know they're they're adding adaptations to it to include also women candidates, female sure. candidates for strength and conditioning coaches, for assistant coaches, th- scouts, things of that nature. But you go back and look at the teams that aren't employing a female staff member there's not like they're all already doing it so Mm -hmm. they keep making these rules that seem almost i don't don't want to say arbitrary like they're well intended but the rule is making the problem more difficult to solve than providing a solution it would seem from my standpoint
2: yeah i think really the more rules you have the more difficult like you said it makes things where i think in any type of a hiring situation and that includes um, the business that I'm in, in TV broadcasting and local news, uh, if you have a person in mind that you kind of feel like would be the best fit for the job, likely you have a connection with them already, that you know their work ethic, you know that they're going to be able to fit in the organization, you're likely to probably go first towards those candidates. Now, that doesn't mean you're bring not bringing in other candidates and giving them an opportunity. Um, if anything, you're bringing in other co- candidates, you might like what they, have to offer, maybe not exactly the right fit for you, but you're going to go tell uh, the person at the next station or uh, somebody who else is hiring, this might be the right person for you. Um, I feel like that's still, you're still taking something from interviewing um, a woman or a minority uh, because even if they don't get hired there, they could get hired someone else just from word of mouth and, and what you liked out of that interview. Um, the more rules that you add to things, I just think it makes things so much more complicated. Uh, it, it just, now we're looking at this situation where it's he said, she said, or the team said versus um, Horton. So I, I think I agree with you on that, Buck, 100%.
0: Teresa, what Mike Malarkey's role in all of this. He's going he's gonna to get called in. Like he's going to be, he's going to be put on the stand basically as a part of this lawsuit now. Um, in a way that I'm sure, well, I don't, I don't know what he anticipated. I don't know what went through Mike Malarkey's head when he decided he was going to go into that kind of detail on a podcast. I don't know what was going through Mike Malarkey's head after the Kansas City playoff win in 2016 when he's yelling at us at the, at the press conference that he's not feeling supported uh, from, the, uh, from the ownership and the administration, the management at the time because his job had repeatedly come under duress in those last two weeks. In a time when, you know, the Titans have not done anything else to speak of in a considerable amount of time. What, what do you make of Mike Malarkey's role, just, just his, his part to play in this weird story?
1: It is unique, and you know Mike is a guy that you know I could never get a phone number from Mike, right? And he said that he mm-hmm. asked his assistants not to share those his, their numbers as well. And you know he had. Well, he's know. doing every
0: damn podcast apparently, other than like the local ones, <laughs> right? So he's calling. He's saying Marcus Mariota is not a good enough leader on the Ralph Tucker <laughs> podcast, <laughs> the Random Steelers podcast. What the hell? Somebody's got my yeah.
1: I know. Well, he emailed ESPN and didn't want today and didn't want to follow up and say anything further than no. to add to that podcast thing. So if Mike always feel felt to me like he was kind of part old school and, you know, and, and you read the, his comments about how, you know, he was told he was going to be the head coach and, you know, he didn't feel right about it because let's remember Ray Horton, who satisfied the Rooney rule was his defensive coordinator. Yeah, right. And, mm-hmm. you know, four days later he's suddenly the Cleveland defensive coordinator because it was it was that awkward and you know the Fritz Pollard uh you know representative talked at the time and you know said that Ray was kind of insulted and then Ray mm-hmm. kind of backed off of that and you know, if you're working in an industry, any industry, and you want to stay employed in that industry, you can understand somebody maybe wanting to downplay that and say, sure. no, 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 that's not what I meant. No. Um, and, but then you hear Mike Malarkey's comments and it's like part, Mike always felt like a loyal guy to me. I mean, let's, you know, Terry Rubisky, hello. So got him fired.
0: Exactly. yeah,
1: His refusal to change his offensive coordinator. He was loyal to the guys that he brought in. Yeah. So I think that, in hindsight, he had time to think and, and just kind of felt, you know, he said in those in that podcast that he regrets what he did, you know, and, and it's like, it would have been interesting. Maybe he sends a text saying, hey, you know, I hear Mike's already got the job and, I, you know, who knows, but it certainly... You know, yeah, I mean, I saw once somebody tweet out a a sports law attorney saying that that would count as hearsay. Well, guess what? It'll be easy enough if this goes to trial or to subpoena stage to subpoena Mike Malarkey and put him under oath to talk about what he knew and when he knew it. And that could be, let's face it, that could be a bit of a smoking gun, so to speak, for this entire lawsuit. And, you know, and, and, and honestly, guys, I'm going to say this once the Brian Flores lawsuit was, was, uh, filed, i have been wondering if the Titans would get pulled into this mm-hmm. because of how quickly their last two coaching hiring processes went.
0: I, uh, I think, I think there's a lot of this that's going to be fascinating <laughs> whether Mike is when he, I mean, cause it, it would seem inevitable that he would be subpoenaed on this, whether he's as definitive in his statements on the record under oath as he was in the podcast, because there was not a lot. I mean, he did not leave any wiggle room uh, for the idea that he literally named Titans ownership, Amy Adams Strunk, uh, going through that hiring process and telling him he had the job before Ray Horton even uh, had that interview take place. But, I mean, Kayla, like what, What? I mean, is Mike Malarkey still – He comes off as bitter a little bit, and I don't know that he's not justified in being bitter. I think that it all ended up working out to the benefit of the organization, but Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact remains that there's a rule that they're accused of breaking, even if it ended up working out in their favor.
2: Yeah. And look, if, if Mike Malarkey said this on a podcast, he is not a type of guy, a, who's in my opinion, going to lie. I actually worked with him on the coaches show that entire season. And while he he was a little bit close to the guard on a lot of things, he also, you could tell, like Teresa said, came across as a very loyal guy. And those type of people, in my opinion, uh, they're not going to go on and, and lie on some podcasts. What they will do is when, you know, you're not treated well and things went the way that that they did with the Titans. And we don't know details to that, but we obviously know that the marriage broke and it wasn't, it wasn't on a good note, um, that you're going to probably at some point when you've retired, which it looks like Mike Malarkey has done, you're probably at some point going to go out and speak your, your truth. And so I think that's exactly what he did. So if he has to do it, uh, in, and he subpoenaed, then he's going to do it. I think it's going to be the exact same thing that he said on this podcast. Uh, that's what he said the titans told him and and i don't think he's lying about that whatsoever it's just a a situation where unfortunately uh things like this happen and honestly if that podcast probably wasn't ever recorded maybe this wasn't to the point where it is at this point
0: oh hell no i mean you said said coaches you know retirement and speaking your truth and all that bullshit (laughs) coaches don't coaches don't talk like that in what world I mean, we've been trying to get Mike Rabel to help. I mean, Mike, Mike does have some, you know, even uncomfortably honest uh, moments with us every once in a while. Right. But like, I, you don't, you don't, this is my frustration with coaches that, you know, that get fired or retire and go into television or broadcasting, stuff like yeah. that. They're always hyper protective of sure. their thing because they never know when that opportunity is going to come out. And, and Mike Malarkey is, has retired. He retired as the Falcons yeah. tight ends coach um after last season I think after the I think it was last season 20 season if I if memory serves correctly I believe that was under not Arthur Smith but uh Dan Quinn at the time either way this yep. this is I mean it's we're, we're, it's going to keep us busy thank God because I was starting to uh, I was starting to get into <sighs> running back lists and AJ Brown trade rumors that aren't actually legitimate. Don't, I
1: don't say that name. Don't 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 even speak it. I you know it's like let's not give any credence by even saying those words in the same sentence. Please, God. Well, Vrabel pretty much came on the
2: Rich Eisen show today and said, as long as I'm the head coach, I'm not interested in trading aj brown so john imagine.
1: robinson made it clear at the owner's meetings last week i mean how many times do they have to say no Yeah, it's like here, here's what i compare it to i might want a cadillac or a mercedes or a range rover but you know me asking it and my husband looking at our checkbook and saying sure let's go do it two different totally things, different things. The (laughs) Jets may want A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, but guess what? The teams that have them on their rosters and know what they've got don't have to say yes just because they ask. Sorry.
0: I I was about to say, you're the the one telling everybody to back off and you're the one going on about
1: it. I'm tired. It it, it just makes no sense whatsoever. I got three hours
0: of talk radio to do with people calling about this for five days.
1: That's your (laughs) job, Buck. You can do (laughs) it.
0: Teresa Walker, AP. Uh, the Associated Press is where you can read her work. Kayla Anderson, WKRN News Two. You can catch their great sports coverage. The entire crew, each and every night. Thank you, ladies. Staying Thank back. you. Back.